Come Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, that's a good thing to turn that sound that off. Am I supposed to keep a straight face when we're trying to pray, man? <laughs> he had the tr- he had the two second delayed uh, prayer going on over here, so it sounded like we were praying in round. <laughs> oh man! Uh, All right. Still a while. It has been a little while. I was really I was really excited. Uh, I actually almost called you this morning. Uh, I took Emma out on a date this morning. We went to Mocha's, and I was thinking we got a little extra time. But then I actually thought it's Monday. I honestly had that thought, like, I don't want to bother him on a Monday. He shoveled all the snow yesterday off the entire church parking lot by the <laughs> I didn't want to bother you. And then you text me, and I was like, oh, okay. And then we had the Cody's phone not working. Yeah. No, it's your phone that doesn't work. Oh. Because you got a new one. That's true. Yeah. Did you really shovel the snow? Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna surprise me. That's what I. Yeah, yeah dude, I was out there at two thirty in the morning with my scoop shovel. As I piled up that mountain, getting that there. parking lot squared away, <laughs> one shovel full at a time. Oh man! I thought maybe you actually did your little property or something. Nah, I don't do anything. Okay. Well, I know that. But... <laughs> uh, I'll have you know that it is Monday, which is traditionally my day off. But that's how important this content is to me. <laughs> and to all of you, and to all of you viewers out there, that's good. Is uh, I'm here on a Monday for all of you. Dedication for all of you. Dedication. It's weird to look at the camera over there. Are there is there anybody watching? No. Oh, but they are going to well, be. We didn't tell anybody that we're going to by the hundreds and thousands. Actually, there's three watching. There we go. I think right. so. We're doing it for you. So. And you, and you. I should right, probably share you. it too, but yeah, you probably should. That I don't even know how nice to. I don't even know how to do that. Just open another page. Go to it. Like uh, up here. Yeah. But how do I... I tagged you in it. Okay. All right. So we're talking Lent. Lent starts Wednesday. I went on the radio this morning and actually talked a little bit about it, um, which was interesting. It's interesting because uh, I think it's probably one of the more, uh, even though it's extremely Catholic, more publicly known sort of things, people who I don't think know a whole lot about Catholicism know that Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, goes through roughly Easter time is what they think, and that we give up stuff. So it's interesting to me that it's kind of decently known. It is actually, and it's weird too because uh, Ash Wednesday is like, oops, Ash Wednesday is like the most um, one of the top attended liturgies. Actually, at, at Saint Isidore's at K State, uh, when I was a chaplain over there, we would have more people for Ash Wednesday than any other any other day in the entire year. Um, it was insane. Like we had five, I had five masses on Ash Wednesday, and every single one of them was full and some of them were standing room only packed um that's intriguing yeah i i actually this is going to convict me a little bit but i didn't know until i started teaching i'd always assumed that ash wednesday was a holy day of obligation yeah and somebody actually asked me that question why uh to to answer that question on on my summit podcast this coming or whatever that whatever we're calling that uh but uh to answer that question about you know why isn't ash wednesday a holy day of obligation um, and I don't know that I'm a hundred percent know for certain, but I, I think the reality is that it's simply the beginning. It's the start of the season of Lent. Um, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. celebrate any particular occasion per se. It doesn't celebrate, it doesn't mark, 
necessarily a date on the calendar per se. Like like every other feast marks a specific celebration of a specific occasion. Um, whereas Ash Wednesday kind of just begins the season, so it's not necessarily. I mean, even though we fast uh, in a unique way on Ash Wednesday, it doesn't necessarily, we don't treat it technically any differently than the rest of, I mean, the season of Lent is just the beginning of the season of Lent. Um, So really, every day in the season of Lent could or should be in some ways Ash Wednesday, besides maybe the fasting from, or the, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the fasting. fasting. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's kind of what I've heard, too. Is that's the reason, but I, I do think it is probably like you said one of the most heavily attended. I am pretty excited to be uh, to be here on this on this Mardi Gras Eve. I don't know if you guys have been celebrating Mardi Gras Eve today. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in Cody's world, every day is a Mardi Gras day. <laughs> no, I think that's one of the cool things. There's so many connections to Lent uh, in our culture today that people had no idea is actually from. Lent or connected to Lent. So like yeah, that's uh, Mardi Gras, obviously that tradition, which I think people celebrate the heck out of in like New Orleans, New Orleans and uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. What of our New Orleans, Orleans. viewers will tell us? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all, you, all you from Louisiana, just uh, give us the correct to, pronunciation. Feel free to tell us how that's actually supposed to be. All one of you that are watching us right now. Um, so... I bet that one viewer is probably watching from New Orleans. Probably. Uh, most likely. Yep, either that or Canada. Either that or it's your stream that you have going. <laughs> no, no. I oh, you don't have it on. Okay. So, uh, Mardi what was I talking about? Mardi Gras. So, Mardi Gras actually means uh, Marty, Martez. Mar- Marty is actually Tuesday. Uh, and Gras is actually where we get the word grease, uh, fat. Uh, so, Fat Tuesday is actually literally what Mardi Gras means. And so, Fat Tuesday is traditionally... The Tuesday before the season of fasting, the season of Lent. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Did you know that? I did know Mardi, Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras. Yeah. You knew that I knew Mardi Fat Mardi Tuesday, Gras but I didn't know that Mardi Gras meant Fat Tuesday. Yeah, so that's what that, that word literally means. And so the whole celebration of Mardi Gras, which was obviously above and beyond what it originally was intended to be, uh, was, a, was a carnivale. Okay. I like Do you know what that word? Up right <laughs> he looks things up right before he comes yeah. in. I did not look that up. Yeah, he liked to like. Make Whatever. No, I love those are two words that I love about these days actually leading up to to Lent because we use them all the time, but nobody has a clue what they mean. So carnival, carnival, which is what everybody does at Mardi Gras, is carne. What's carne? Meat. 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 Vale is actually farewell or goodbye. So it's farewell to meet is the celebration of a carnival, which is crazy because most people think, oh, carnival, that's like a Ferris wheel <laughs> or like, or like uh, <laughs> games and, uh, and like uh, whatever you call those cakes, those fried cakes, what are those called? Funnel, funnel cakes. Funnel cakes, that's a carnival. That's but it's actually farewell to meet, uh, which was traditionally the, 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 uh, yeah, the tradition of the season of Lent was uh, farewell to meet. Like it used to be the fasting of Lent was no meat for the entirety of the season, and now we kind of wussed out <laughs> and have it just on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, I've, so. heard, I've heard stories about the practicality of Fat Tuesday being that you were going to use sugar, and you were going to use this, and you were going to use that, and so you used it up instead of letting it go to waste mm-hmm. back when you didn't have refrigeration and those sort of things, and so that's kind of why pancakes are associated with it, and oh, yeah. butter and sugar and that, that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, you used up all that stuff, yeah. 
I'd be lying if I told you that if I gave up Dr. Pepper that I hadn't consumed like in previous years, you know, maybe two gallons of Dr. Pepper on the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday <laughs> or drank coffee all day long as much as possible. Yeah. So in that way, I've celebrated it. <laughs> I've been thinking about it too, actually. You're probably this gone your 20 day, hours. 28 day. Uh, actually, I am, but I won't start that until like the 15th or 16th of March because in order for it to end uh, at the Thursday, um, it's only 28 days long, so so technically, yeah, I have to uh, I have to start it a little bit later. <laughs> but I will have some stuff that I do prior to that. It's not like I'm just going to not do anything until. What are you doing another cleanse or something? Yeah, 28, oh, okay. 28 day. Uh, I've never seen a guy needs cleansing detox. <laughs> Every time you mention a cleanse, I just think of you sitting on a pot. And there goes our one viewer. <laughs> Please don't speak that. Oh, I like. I think I turned a little bit red, like my shirt for some reason. Oh, that's a weird image. Thanks for bringing that one up. So I think that brings up one of the first. <laughs> I envision you sitting on a pot for twenty-eight days. Oh, oh my man. goodness! That's All right, so I think that brings up one of the first things that most normally is associated with Lent, which would be giving something up or fasting from something. Difference in the word, but where they're used pretty interchangeably. So we should probably talk about the word fasting in the way that we use it first, right? Yeah. Uh, you totally um, missed an opportunity. I can't believe you didn't have a, a boom by ah today. Oh, um, man, that's crazy. Yeah. I was really disappointed because I was all ready to go with my boom by ah. What is your boom by ah? Well, uh, actually, let's not even talk about it. He's prepared. For all you. For all you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was because um, it, it ties into what we're talking about there with, with fasting. Uh, I don't know if you saw that post. Um, that uh, Terry Brown had posted on our Facebook page because she kind of keeps track of that. And shout out to Terry Brown, um, downtown Terry Brown. Damn. You know, <laughs> it's funny. I've coached a number of Browns, and they're always become downtown. Downtown, everybody yeah. who's Brown. It's so like downtown. right now we've got Hayden Brown on our team, and, and he's, and he's always downtown Hayden. Hayden Brown. And he likes to shoot threes, and he's good at shooting threes. So it just oh, you know nice. really you know adds From to downtown. it. Very nice. Anyway, keep going. That's so good. she posted a she posted a thing that said. Uh, fasting in Lent or something like that or and it's from Pope Francis um, and I should pull it up uh, but I will hear it in just a second but um, basically the idea behind it was uh, I just got distracted by pulling up my phone because I'm a one track mind and I can't do two things at one time so it was basically this listing of things to fast from, but it wasn't like your traditional fasting from food or drink or sweets or anything like that, but rather uh, fasting like from fasting gossip from, and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. Did yeah. you see that one? I've heard it before, yeah. You have? Yeah. When? Um, in the years past. Because it made a whole lot more sense than like, I don't fasting like it, from though. chocolate and I don't stuff like, like that. I didn't like it either, actually. When I first read it, the, and here's why. I, I think it's exactly right. We should do that. But... The the problem is those are those are very difficult things to actually measure and actually hold yourself accountable to. So that was one of the things that you might say I had not a problem with, but in some ways I didn't necessarily love it because of the fact that uh, it's very easily. So you're gonna give somebody a shout out and then throw them under the bus? I wouldn't go, Father. I didn't. Well, no, no I, think I just we said for myself yeah. personally. I think we should do those sort of things, but I see the value in actually the discipline aspect of giving something up. So, yeah. While I think that those are awesome things to also give up and to try to consciously do, for myself personally, okay, I see the value in the fast. I got side. it. So, do you want to fast this Lent 
in the words of Pope Francis, fast from hurting words and say kind words, fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude, fast from anger and be filled with patience, fast from pessimism. Did you hear that one? Pessimism. <laughs> I thought you were looking at doom and gloom over there. <laughs> fast from pessimism and be filled with hope, fast from worries and have trust in God, fast from complaints and contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressure and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your hearts with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words and be silent. So Fast you can listen. from words? Yeah, see? That's exactly, <laughs> that last one ties exactly to you. Because you got to jump right on with your words that are so... Or great. maybe I should say fast from judgmentalism. That's what I'm saying. Oh my, That'd be another one for Bill. Are you <laughs> judging to my judgmentalism? So here's the, here was my boom by with this. Okay. Is She posted this. It's got... It's been seen by 850,000 people from our specific share. Uh, 850,000 people have viewed this uh, from this particular share. And it's been shared like... 5,000 times or something like that. Uh, I was like, <laughs> somehow it went viral uh, this year, I guess. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of cool and interesting. But at the same time, I don't... Uh... So while you're on that, you know, I was listening to our wonderful Catholic radio station the other day, and so many people miss out on the understanding of the whole purpose of the fast through Lent. And as you're giving something up, you know, and I'm guilty of this too, uh, that when we give something up, we focus so much on what am I giving this up for? Um, we, we forget that the purpose of giving something up is how is this growing my relationship with Christ? That's what it's supposed to be about is as I'm giving this up, this should be strengthening my relationship with Christ in some way. And if that's not what it's doing, then we're missing out on why we're giving that up. So you I don't know that I would disagree with that. That's what I was going to yeah, jump I, on it, too. Yeah, I think the <laughs> reason we give something up is to show our bodies that we're in control. We may not be ready to step that over to... And, and, and obviously, that when we get control of ourselves, and that leads into other good things. But I think that... Uh, in order to deny ourselves sin, in order to make good choices about whether to go to mass or not, and some of those discipline things, we got to first get control of ourselves, which is what I think the spiritual value of fasting is. Well, but I don't think it has to be either or. Yeah, I, I mean, I think both of them naturally lead to that, but I think that um, people who are not well, anyway, I'll let you answer, and then I'll give another thought. Yeah, so my thought initially was, he's all I don't think that, people, yeah. I don't think people are. <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> That's Bill's words. Don't cry. Don't cry. Um, I don't think people, do you, you think people are taking their fasting and having it offered for a particular prayer purpose? Like, do you think most people do that? I don't think most people do that. I would be surprised. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe most people actually have a specific prayerful sacrificial offering of their fasting, but no, no, I don't no. think people do. No, see, I think most people don't understand why they're giving something up. Right. I think most people go into Lent and just go, this is a season where we're supposed to give something up and they do it crankily. Crankily. Yeah, I mean, is that a word? No, I don't. Think I so. think it's a good word. I think I just made it up, but we're going to use it anyway. I, I would say, yeah. I, I think a lot of people begrudgingly because, because actually, um, even even people who don't understand Lent, um, maybe people outside of the Catholic faith, I, I've I've heard people even go, "What are you trying to beat Jesus at his own game?" You know, and and people who don't understand it um, are kind of like, "Why do you, why do you Catholics do that? There, there's no purpose to 
to this or who don't understand it and are trying to like why do you guys go through that season of Lent what's the purpose of it and, uh, and so yeah I, I think that a lot of Catholics don't understand it a lot of non-Catholics don't understand it and especially Catholics who look at it to begrudgingly and go oh great that's that season where we have to give something up and so they yeah I guess I'll do the whole sweets thing they miss out on the whole purpose of it because they don't understand what it's for sure but I still think there's benefit with that. for them in discipline and ownership of themselves that they're going to receive from it, even if their intent is not well. This is why secular people, fasting becomes a big thing for them, and it actually helps them to gain discipline. In I mean, the detox thing, in some level, is part of that, too. Oh, yeah. So I think that even if you don't choose to have a spiritual benefit, it can actually still have a benefit for your life. Yeah, it's supposed to be about your lifestyle. It's not just supposed to be tw- you know, 40 days of, of misery. Well, right, or just sacrificial 40 days of no pop and then going back to, like, overdosing on pop after Easter. Uh, it is supposed to be something that... I may or may not have drank some pop about 5 o'clock in the morning on an Easter morning. <laughs> I'm just saying, I may or may not. Uh, I think that happens. So it is supposed to be a life about a lifestyle change. And so that's why some of those things I do not, I do not think are necessarily great if we have no intention of holding on to them. That's why I don't people I don't think people look deep enough to the what am I giving up because oftentimes it's just sort of well this will be a challenge for 40 but, days. But I'm okay with that though. To some level because uh you know I sometimes I give up pop or I give up coffee or something like that. And I have no intention of that lasting past. But you know sometimes when I give it up it's because the kids in my class don't think I can. Yeah, and to show true. them that I can do that yeah. shows that I have ownership over myself. Now I may not choose that that's a negative thing in my life. But I did show to myself, and in this case, the students in my class, that I can do it if I choose to. And I think that in the back of your mind is valuable because when there's some sort of habitual sin that you can't give up and you feel like it has control over you, I think when you master some of that stuff, it gives you confidence that you really can fight through that, which I I think there's value in that. Well, yeah, I would agree. And, that, and it does say something if you can do it for 40 days. Although, <laughs> that's going to get into the other part. That's, and that's true, though. And sometimes you're like, well, why did I come back into it? Uh, you know, I gave up pop for that time. It was not good for me. And some people will continue that on. And, whoa. And some people <laughs> some people will not continue that on. Um, I, I, I'm actually somewhat opposed to people who make it like a weight loss thing or make it something like... Uh, I'm going to make this change about my external appearance or yeah. something like that. But but on the same side, I mean, I think the value of like increasing a workout every day or something has the same spiritual as fasting. I mean, if you even if you just committed to doing push-ups every morning or something like that, and you got up and you did those every single morning, I think there's a benefit to that because your body doesn't want you to do that, or you went to the gym every day, or you did something. Yeah, there's a discipline aspect, and that's where I think it's it's both and. Not either or. Uh, and that's why I would say we need to draw the focus in onto our relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's that's the primary. Uh, and then the secondaries are discipline, because that's part of discipleship, obviously. If we don't have some form of discipline, then we're not truly being disciples. And then the third, third or even second thing as well would be um, the, what are we offering this sacrificial, this offering for? And that's... That's I think in the in the idea of Saint Paul is, um, and I, I'm going to butcher the scripture passage, uh, where he talks about uh, we make up for the our sacrifices oh. make up for the the sacrifice or something like 
and in a, in a sense, communicating that we participate uh, through action, through activity, through word and sacrifice in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Um, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Bill, you should look that up instead of just, what, what's instead the, of just uh, chatting with your, um, with your basketball players. Or <laughs> what, is lacking in the, what is lacking in the suffering of Christ is what you're Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is always a confusing one, and I think a lot of people avoid that passage because, like, yeah. well, nothing was lacking in the Yeah, because, yeah, St. Paul's not, yeah, he's not trying to say that um, Jesus didn't suffer, uh, that, that uh, for some reason that um, he didn't pay the ultimate price, but what he's saying is that um, we can, that, that our suffering here on earth can be redemptive, and a mm-hmm. lot of people don't understand that. And, I agree. I, I I love that because the the suffering that uh, we are that we can go through, especially through this forty days, um, can be redemptive. And, yeah, and yeah. There are a lot of people that don't agree with that. I think I, we're wasting opportunities if we aren't sure. offering that up for something big time. And that's that's another that ties into the mass as well. Uh, as far as missed opportunities of prayer intention, like we don't realize the power of the prayer intention. Of the mass, I mean, it's one. Of, it's the highest form of peni- not penitential, the highest form of intercessory type prayer that we can do for someone is to offer a mass for them. I mean, that's the tradition of offering masses for family and friends and the and deceased and all of that. Is that is one of the highest forms of of prayer that we can offer. And so often we go to mass and just like go through the motions or go through the routine and lose and miss an opportunity to to both engage our personal relationship with Christ, but at the same time uh, offer that prayer as, a, as an intercession for someone or something in our life that... that uh, yeah, I can tell you that, that made a big difference in my Mass experience and even in my kids' Mass experiences, just naming what that offering was every time. Um, and so now my kids are, you know, before we go to Mass, I'm offering it for this, I'm offering it for that. And I think about all the Masses that I went through in my childhood and early adulthood and did not take advantage of that or offer anything up for those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, going back to that uh, that uh, speech that Father Mike Schmitz gave at the seat conference, and uh, just I know that Bill still hasn't listened to it. I'm going to keep mentioning it until he watches it. <laughs> 44 minutes, Bill. 44 minutes four to change minutes. your life. Which one was it? <laughs> the one at the seat conference. About the mass. Praying the Mass. Oh, yeah, yeah you need to watch gotta that. He's got to watch it. But yeah. also, as you mentioned something, you know, this is something that has changed my life since I became Catholic and, and not understanding uh, that something that um, I wish that um, all um, non-Catholic Christians would uh, come to an understanding to and really understand that um, we, uh, when someone in this life passes away, that does not separate us from each other. But um, as we come into, uh, as someone passes away and then uh, goes into um, a, a complete, um, as they come to know God then in completeness, as, as they come into his uh, complete essence, they are now more fully alive, I would say, than we are here. And so that doesn't separate us then from our body but but um, makes us even more completely unified and so you know a lot of a lot of non-catholic christians will not hold to us being able to um, be able to ask them you know as intercessors as you were kind of bringing up there mm-hmm. um, and, and so that um, as uh, before i was catholic that's not something that i would have held to as being able to ask somebody who has passed away to pray for me 
and, and being a Catholic person, then that, that is now something that I hold very dear and it's very beautiful that I can ask somebody who has passed away, a, a, a saint, to pray for me and know that those prayers are being heard and that they are now someone who is directly in the presence of God can intercede for me and those prayers are now even more special. Mm-hmm. And that that's just something that is so beautiful because they're not cut off from the body of Christ, but are now more powerfully part of it. That's just so beautiful. I wish people would really understand how important that is. Well, and that's one of the topics I think we're going to talk about this week on that on our uh, summit Summons? summit live Facebook oh, yeah. uh, thing is Mary and the saints and oh, um, there go. I think either that or baptism, <laughs> maybe both. Um, but but because that's a huge question, obviously, is like. And I think it's this image that saints are sort of these magical semi-gods. I think that's how a lot of Protestants would view sort of our vision of these saints are these, you know, miracle workers on their on their own power, and and we pray to them along with God. And and I mean, I I, I feel that that's some of the perception, and that's not it at all. It's actually the if if the body of Christ can be one on earth. And we can speak to each other and pray on behalf of each other on earth. Why in the world would that stop when we are ever more alive at the end of our earthly life? And that's just, yeah, that's just the ridiculous thought is somehow the end of our life causes that relationship in the body of Christ to be severed. That's totally not theological. It's totally not biblical. Um, But rather, you might say that it's even more profound of a relationship after that person is gone from the earthly realities in the sense of the of them entering into the heavenly ecstatic what's the ecstatic union uh with Jesus Christ um what so i always yeah. think too like you know one of the simple ways to explain it is i mean i have my kids and i pray for them every day if i died do you think i would just stop asking god to bless protect yeah. and take care of the kids like i got to heaven and i just said i'm in the presence of god I no longer am allowed to ask God to bless, protect, and take care of my kids. Like, I just hope they're on their own now. I mean, I think we all understand that naturally we would uh, continue to ask for those blessings. And so, um, you know, if you can get to that place, then I think you could definitely get to a place where you could ask those people, especially since all the angels and saints are present at Mass with us, you know, worshiping the same as us, you know, I don't know. I know I went off the rails there, but when you had brought that up, it was just—it's just something that I hold very dear now. That uh, just—and especially with God, when He mentions "I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob," and He makes it very clear that these people who have passed away, He—I am not the God of the dead. I am the God of the living. These people who have passed are not dead people; they are living people. Mm-hmm. Well, even the verse that so, says that although some have gone to sleep, you know, He doesn't say dead. You know, yeah. He says. You know, 500 saw most are still alive some have gone to sleep it wasn't dead mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah so anyway yeah so we went from fasting all the way to the saints intercession sorry to derail us okay so back to uh this is going to be the ash wednesday reading um is the is matthew already looked ahead well, it's the same reading every year okay <laughs> <laughs> it's the same reading every year it's uh matthew's gospel um about when you when you fast, don't look to others like you're fasting. When you give alms, when you uh, when you pray, um, and all of these 
uh, ways that Jesus talks about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And so those are the th- those are the traditional three of the season of Lent. And so if we don't, I think in terms of preparing ourselves for the season of Lent, is we have to look at all three of those. We can't just say, oh, it's Lent, it's time to fast, you know, to give something up. Um, we actually need to look at what am I doing differently engaging prayer, and what am I do- doing differently engaging almsgiving? And that doesn't have to be, you know, specifically uh, charitable donation. That, well, it, it could be other forms of charitable donation without necessarily even opening our wallet. Is like, okay, taking one thing from our home, from our possession every day, or once a week, or, you know, whatever, Fridays or something. And either putting it into a bag uh, so that at the end of the season of Lent, we take it to Goodwill or we take it to whatever that other place is that receives uh, donations of goods. Or we, you know, put it with St. Nick's uh, shipment that we send every year down to New Mexico. Um, so the uh, <clears throat> so that in, in those three ways, <clears throat> that's what the season of Lent is about, is those specifically those three ways, not just... Because we get so over, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly focused on giving up, and uh, that's only one of the three. It's only doing a third of what. Yeah, and I think you, yeah. you need all three of them to fully uh, grow in the Lenten season. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Cody's got nothing on that one. <laughs> no, I mean, I, what do you else do you want me to say? I agree. Fasting should lead to prayer, though. And prayer should lead us to the almsgiving side of it. How do you mean? How do you mean fasting should lead to prayer? Well, I think if you're cognizantly giving something up, it's going to cause you. That can't be a word. It is. It is. Cognizantly? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't pronounce it right. Yeah, I did. Uh, But if you're purposefully (laughs) giving something up, uh, I think you will come to... Cognizantly. Cognizant. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I'm trying to derail you as much as possible. I think that uh, you would... You're, you're cognizant of why you are giving that up. And so because you are, then that's an opportunity. You know, one of the things is every time you want to drink a pop, you know, say a Hail Mary or a prayer or something, and that prayer will increase. Yeah. And then when that prayer increases, I think our heart changes, and that makes us look around and see other people in need or ways that we can help others. So I think that those all work interchangeably, but I think it, it can go that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've seen a guy do a presentation on this before, um, you probably have too, uh, where they take a three-legged stool and they, they, um, it purposely has all three legs removed and they screw one leg in and try to sit on it and obviously it falls over and they show you by the end that it takes all three legs before you can actually sit on it and um, it serves its purpose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those real quick um, visual reminders that it does not work unless you have all three legs uh, to do its job, and uh, it, it works especially with little kids because they can they can see you know that um, I mean after the first time they're like oh this is not gonna work, and uh, it's it's definitely that thing that shows you that um, it's gonna need all three of these things to help you support your um, your spiritual self. I I actually think that. Uh we as a society think fasting is the easiest of the three. 
as strange as that sounds, like I think yeah. we used to think it was maybe the hardest, but I think a lot of people can justify fasting with the weight loss thing. Like, oh, I'll see a healthy benefit of this, so I'll give up all the bad habits I've been wanting to, and this will help me. I think prayer is difficult because it's time, and that I think is more valuable to people than anything. And then obviously the next most valuable thing is money, which or those sort of resources and things. And so I think if you ask the general person, which are you going to do? I think they'd rather fast than the other two, just because, you know, I don't know. This I agree, like, because our spiritual life, when we don't see, our spiritual life is the thing where we don't automatically see benefits from. Our physical life, when we see automatic benefits, just like I often uh, tie um, with basketball games or any other types of games. Now you're speaking my language. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what is going on? Here? When we when we when we can shoot a three point shot and make it, and we see the the score automatically change, we see that automatic benefit. When we pray, and we don't see an automatic benefit, for we go, well, what change did it have? What yeah. benefit? And we don't see it, so we're like, huh, must have not worked. I think your basketball analogy is good too because what we call oh, that—that's a big surprise. <laughs> well, <laughs> basketball analogy. Well, we we, we got to take it one step further. I think it's really easy to convince guys to work on their offensive game because they see that. But learning how to guard and work on your defensive game, you can put a ton of energy out there, and you'll never see anything necessarily on the scoreboard because you don't see those points that weren't put up there. Um, and I, I, you know, I think that it was a it was a good analogy. Well done. Good job by the cross-country guy. It's kind of like when you look at that slope out there that you want to run up. And instead you sit on the ground and you say, I'm not getting chased by anything, so I'm not running. That's my summation of cross-country. That was You're, you're doing a shout-out of a cross-country analogy. Oh, that's, that's a, he's like, oh, he's yeah. me a basketball analogy. I was going to run 3.2 miles, but then I look back and I did not see a wild animal chasing me. This is, this is the sound of me beating my head on the microphone. Yeah, people can see that, actually. You don't have to, you don't have to actually see that. That's right. I forget. You guys can actually see yourself on the computer. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's why I was like, why do you have the microphone right in front of your face? <laughs> it's because you can't see where it is. So, uh, All right, so what other things uh, Lent-wise yeah, so I mean, I think we need, I think we need to give some suggestions for the for prayer me. and for the I mean, I gave something for the almsgiving, uh, sort I, of like the detaching from something like. Or going into your closet and actually picking up a piece of clothing that you don't wear anymore and putting it into a bag and then actually following through at the, whether it's 40 pieces of clothing or whether it's a one each week uh, for seven pieces that are actually more attached to or something like that. I was just imagining your closet. It's just like black shirt, black shirt, black shirt, black shirt. Like, I don't think I've worn that black shirt. I've got all of these charcoal, all of these charcoal clerical shirts in a bag. It's like, oh, he just gave away all of his, all of his faded clerical shirts. Down at the center there, you know, taking all sorts of different clothes. They get a whole bag of black and they're like, huh, I wonder who this came from. Uh, yeah. I like my closet organized in color order. I can only imagine how easy it'd be if your closet was just black. Do you seriously do it in color order? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. How else would you organize a closet? Is that is that do you do that? No. What? Okay. No. Have you seen my desk? You should come to my classroom. <laughs> it, Bill walks in and he he has to turn his head away from my desk so it just doesn't drive him nuts. <laughs> I just don't even understand it. Oh my goodness! I would be interested to hear. Uh, so let's get a let's get a uh, we need some, some feedback. feedback in the stream uh, for those who are watching this in a replay. 
because uh, obviously there's only one person apparently <laughs> watching right now, uh, is uh, <laughs> how many of you color coordinate your closet? Uh, I think I probably do it by just frequency of use. Uh, I suppose the stuff that doesn't get used gets pushed back into the side, and I don't think we should spend a ton of time talking about this, but, but <laughs> I just think it's funny because Bill's a weirdo. Well, I got this half thought where it's all messed up in there. My other thought about your closet is just all on the floor somewhere. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Nah, I mean, it. well, if it's on the floor, it's not in my closet. It's on the floor in my bedroom <laughs> and didn't make it to the closet. But oh, if it's in my man. closet, it's actually hanging. Somewhere your mother's like, I tried to teach you. Oh, better. you would freak out about my shoes, probably. It's just like a pile of shoes. <laughs> Which is the one and only reason why I think there should be married priests, is because you need a woman oh. in your life. <laughs> there, is some, there is some truth to that, uh, in, that in that basic reality. Um, and it's actually a blessing that I've got a couple of ladies that come in and help help me clean up the place every two weeks. We should uh, yeah. pray for them. <laughs> yeah, you I know. Because <laughs> uh, it forces me to have to clean up before the cleaning ladies come. So it's, uh, I always love cleaning for the cleaning ladies. So and they're and they're probably like, wait, he actually cleaned. Before <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so anyway. all right. So we were talking on the prayer examples. Type. I examples think we need to what people once need again to talk about your favorite thing, which is formed. Okay. Because I think that that could be a huge thing. You know, everybody that has actually spent a little time on there, it has transformed what they do. Turn it on while you're working in the office or hanging around the house or something. So true. There's so much on there, and I think it just leads you to more and more if, if people will just give it, you know, the one try. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you don't realize how hungry you are until you take a little uh-huh. ne- take a little nibble of something with it, and then it's like it kind of whets the appetite of, of what we should be feeding ourselves with rather than the junk food that we so often uh, feed ourselves with. So yeah, formed.org. Check out the St. Nick's Bulletin, which you can find on our website, stn-church.com. Yeah. I should post that in the notes or something. Yeah, and to be real yeah, honest, I mean, it's all over the place though. Just to be real honest, because I know there's a lot, a lot of people out there um, you you can sit there for 30, 45 minutes looking at Netflix, trying to find something that you haven't watched yeah, so before. True. And then you'll go to Formed and you'll be like, I kind of feel like a dork. Because you're like, am I really going to sit here and try and watch something Catholic-y? And then and you'll be like, really, am I going to watch something? But if you watch if you watch something on there, you're going to find that you're going to be engaged. And you're, you're going to end up going, hey... I actually found something that I enjoyed, and I yeah. really got into that. Instead of watching something on Netflix where you go, I just wasted 30 or 45 minutes and did not even enjoy it, you're going to end up finding something where you watch it and you got spiritually nourished and you got something out of it. And you realize how delicious it is. I'm going back to these food analogies because uh, I think it's key. Because it I think about it at the, at the later... <laughs> Later in the but evening, you're exactly right. when, you, when you go looking for something to eat, like later in the evening when you're not really hungry, but you're just like bored or, or just there's this desire inside of you and you look in the closet and you or in the cupboard or whatever and all you can see is like, I mean, for me, it's like I don't usually have a bunch of junk food because I know if I do, I'll eat it. Uh, and so I'll have like almonds or I'll have like some some healthier type snack type food. And I look at that stuff and it's just like... I don't want to eat that right now. And if I do, it's satisfying. It's 
good. I feel better. Um, and it's the same thing with form. Like you, I know there's times in my own life, like in the in the evening or something, that I pull it up. I'm like, I don't want to watch anything like that. I I don't want to listen to that right now. It looks like health food. Uh, but yep. then it's so satisfying and it's, I mean, I've never listened to something on there and thought, wow, that was a real waste of time. Yep. Uh, so that's funny. Cause that's exactly how I feel. I turn it on. Oftentimes I get to school five thirty six in the morning or whatever. And that's when I turn it on and I'm just working and put it on. Like what I've recently done is just turn on the gospels yeah. and I'll just listen to the gospels. See, those are, I love those, and, which I thought, oh, this is going to be cheesy. Yeah. Like the, the dramatized version is that what you're talking about? Yep. Yeah, I thought it's it was amazing. Be dumb, but it's really cool. How many times something will stick out or something as I'm yeah. working, and then I think about it, and mm-hmm. you know, we should be consuming the gospels every day anyway. And this is an easy way for me to just have it on, yep. and it, you know, whatever the Holy Spirit guides me to. But I, I feel the same way. Like when I go to click on it, sometimes I'm never like, "Oh, this is going to be awesome." Yeah. But I can either fill it with music from Pandora, or I can uh, fill it with you know, gospel or some sort of talk. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's exactly how it is. It's, if you're not going to do formed, or if you don't want to, like, whatever, mobile, mobilely, it might not be feasible for some people because it uses data or whatever, um, where they don't have that option or access is to have either a Lighthouse Catholic Media CD, which... I have a ton of them in my office. Yeah. At TMP, and you're, you're welcome to stop by. All over the place. I mean, Immaculate Heart has them. We oh, have yeah. them. Um, uh, yeah, it's... That's actually where a lot of my... If you were to drive around... All of Lent with a CD in your car, um, like and not be just leave it in there and leave it on play on CD. Uh, I mean that in itself would be an opportunity for transformation that we often know, or or it could just be ninety nine or ninety eight point one. Uh, just have KV. 88.1. You know, whatever it is. Cody, <laughs> don't ever correct me again. <laughs> no, I, I think that's so kind of important that you get that one right. 98.1. Uh, whatever, cla- whatever classic channel that is. Uh, but anyways, 88.1. <laughs> that would be... Now, then I was going to be so ashamed oh, yeah. that I messed up the channel. Uh, but yeah, that would be... Because then you don't have to worry about, you know, going out and getting it. You just turn... And just leaving that on... Uh, that can be a, a formative thing. And the, and the cool thing is, like you were saying, with the gospel, something will catch you right at the right time where you're like, you didn't, you weren't necessarily looking for it, but it hits you and it, and it speaks to something that you're wrestling with or what's going on in your life. And that's how, that's how it is with those CDs. Like, I'll leave them in my car and I'll drive for three minutes from here to the hospital or something. And I'll hear something in those three minutes that like, that I think about for the rest of the day or that it just strikes me. And it's amazing how God works through those things. So. Light, Lighthouse CDs was like a major formation for me because mm-hmm. I, I think actually there was a retreat a long time ago in Beloit. Yeah. And you guys gave out one of them from Father Larry Richards, like The Truth or something. Oh, yeah. And that was maybe the first one that I listened to. And then when I listened to that, it was just captivating right away. That was a good and one. I've spent so much money on Lighthouse Media <laughs> that my wife who's listening is probably going, oh, my gosh. But... But and just getting all those downloads and getting all the CDs and stuff, I mean, it was major for me in my learning or uh, formation. Yeah. And a lot of people have that same story. Now it's even easier. You can get MP3 downloads um, that yeah, you can get. Yeah, no doubt. If you don't want to go pick them up at the church, yeah, you can yeah. download them from the, from the website. But I'm going to bet you this, that uh, if your commitment was, I'm just going to leave KVDM on the radio... One, I'm going to bet you at the end of the lit, you're not going to change it. I'm going to bet you that it just becomes a habit and you stick it. Yeah. And uh, and I bet that would just be life transforming if that was your commitment was. That would be an awesome commitment. In a way, you're giving up your regular radio or your regular music, so it's it's kind of that giving up sort of thing too. But yeah. so here's a big one for me is yeah, I've started either doing that 
or when I get into my vehicle just on the way to school in the morning, which is two miles away, either I only leave it on 88.1 or I don't turn the radio on at all and I only pray for um, my family and my students on the way from my house to school and then that's it. So it's only either, either I'm only praying or listening to Catholic radio and that's it. And that, that, that also has been very transformative. And that way, you're, one of two ways, you're filling your life with God for the first five minutes of your, your uh, morning commute. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think it, it helps me when I pray to and you know, from school or basketball to separate from those and actually be better husband, father, those sort of things, because it allows me to let go of all the stuff that happened there and offer that up to God, and then helps me to move on to the next phase. So, yeah. like after a game, you're talking about? Yeah, after a game or after mm-hmm. practice, or you know, it's it's about seven minutes from TMP to my house. Okay. And in that time, actually, you know, I start my rosary in the morning. That's my two deck. I get about two decades on the way to, and then yeah. as I'm walking up the stairs, there's the third one, and then I always go to the chapel, and so that's, on the morning one, that's what I do. On the way back, though, it's just whatever happened during that day, because you always walk away from work with a ton of frustrations of something, and so then I just spend that time just offering those up, and it's been huge for me not to bring it into the house yeah. and be that way with my kids and my Usually wife. Usually it's because sixth hour I walk into his classroom. Yeah. <laughs> Visit with him. I think uh, another another opportunity is, dust. <laughs> and this is more of fasting, I suppose, is uh, is the wasted time that I do at times, just like whether it's Facebook on the phone or just looking. Yeah, because these become such such a piece of. <laughs> that sounded like I was going to say a bad thing. Uh, piece piece. Of, uh, just a piece of distraction in our lives, and so that's one of the elements where there could be some serious fasting. Um, oh, as far as removing, yeah, removing apps or something going. from here. Yeah, that's um, one I've actually seriously considered was, uh, one, I think social media is destroying our culture and destroying our world. Um, I like to dabble in it because, like, especially on the coaching it's hard, side. You know, it's hard to justify giving it up because of this kind of stuff like yeah. and sharing that. And that's what I do with Facebook all the time is I try to share. But I also know I consume an awful lot of stuff that I, do. I don't I do need too. as, as I do well. Too. So. Um, Mm-hmm. I've, that's one of the things that I'm contemplating is just deleting the old Twitter. And for me, it's either out. it's either you give it up or you it's like a hundred percent or zero percent. Uh, like I can't. It, well, that sounds horrible, but it's it's much more difficult to have the discipline to say I'm only going to use it for this and this and this mm-hmm. uh, than it is to say I'm going to get rid of it completely for those forty days because there is. I mean, that's that's sort of dabbling in something that can easily suck you in to it. Uh, and it's almost easier just to cut it off than it is to... Yeah. That's a scriptural thing. It is. And I actually think that would be the ear, the eye, the the yeah. hand that is out there so much right now is the social media. And I think there's enough positive, like you said, that we kind of want to hang ourselves in it a little bit. But, you know, there's iron in potato chips. That doesn't mean it's worth eating the potato chips for the <laughs> iron, you know. That's uh, good. I haven't heard that. And that's, that's what I, like I feel that. about... Uh, those those things right now is uh, I just I have a hard time just myself personally. You feel like you're going to be really cut off from the world, you know. For me, a lot of information, Twitter yeah. is, is a big information source for me. Facebook, like not news. so much, but you keep up on what's going on in the news. Yeah, so it's hard for me. But then again, you know what? I know there's a lot of people who survive very well without social media and enjoy life, and so 
You know, yeah. I don't think you have to be in it. So that's where my struggle is right now. Is I think that'd be a great suggestion for everybody: get rid of the social media. Okay, some other uh, ideas before we Form finish social up media. Here. I think a rosary would be a great one if you committed to either a daily one single daily mass uh, or each one week. single daily mass. Would I mean, be for for a number of people, working people, whether it's six thirty at St. Joe's or seven o'clock on Wednesday and Friday over here, mm-hmm. uh, that there's the opportunity to catch something before work for some. Um, yeah, that can be transformative big time. I think too, it I mean, one of the ways to look at it too is you know you offer your Sunday mass, but you get a whole nother mass to offer for whatever's going on in your life. I mean that has huge value. Yeah. Just that extra mass for whatever. I think people speak of daily mass as being so much more transformative in their spiritual journey, not shortchanging Sunday mass, but it's part of the overarching. Uh, what I want to say cruise control that Catholics can be in from uh, from cradle to, yeah. you know, cradle Catholics are so used to Sunday Mass and there's so much noise and there's so much activity and there's other people and there's music at every moment and there's, you know, at every silent, silent moment. And in daily Mass, so many people share that it's having gone to daily Mass once or, or going to that. And the silence of it, the, short, the shortness of it, the, the, the lack of Sort of the external flair that sometimes I think Sunday Mass is always, always has gives people an opportunity to to really hear God and so. The other part of it too is you're not required to be there. And right. You made that decision. Sorry, yeah. I can't search the web on it. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're not required to be there, and so you know that you made a decision that nobody made you make to go yeah. spend an hour with with God. I mean, I think that just in itself, it's kind of like going to the gym, like. I didn't have to be here, but I made it, and you feel good about that process. So, uh, so that'd be a good one. Yeah, I think uh, one thing uh, one thing that hit me really quick would be um, bringing families to uh, to dinner. You know, that might be a good thing for Lent. Would be uh, bring your family if your family is not currently oh yeah um, one that sits sharing down a to meal dinner, share a meal. Yeah, that's good. That is good. That would be really good to uh, bring. I just big, yeah, dinners. I mean. I know people's schedules are chaotic, and maybe not every Thursday is the day or some or whatever the day. But uh, the reality is, schedule that you know ahead of time. Whether it's whether it's the same day every week or not, that you actually have it in your calendar that that's the day you're going to share the meal yep. or whatever is the best way to do that. We could do an entire show on the value of that's where Sharing. parents get to form their kids is at the dinner table. That's very yep. true. Uh, but we don't want to get into that. But that would be a yeah. great suggestion as well. And discipline around. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, for me and my wife, I'm around sure right the now, she's going like, Ed, leave your phone away. <laughs> <laughs> and she's right, so I'm going to say that. But uh, I could just feel her right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what did she say about clean, about coordinating she's, the closet? I always give her a hard time about her closet, like, so she's coordinating her classes. Oh, right now. <laughs> We've inspired her. That's hilarious. See, we're not the only... Wait, we're not... Bill's the weirdo. We're not the weirdos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, no, was that even a question? Was that even a question? Why would you not have everything ordered by color? That just makes absolutely no sense. Who wants to open up their closet... Try to find something that you know the color it is, and it's just like Are a giant rainbow scooped co- all over your closet. You don't know where it is. Like you have like specific color days or something? Well, not specific colors, but I know what I want to wear that day. I'm like I'm like you know which red. color? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, the color it has very little to do with what I choose to wear on a particular day. Like it's just it's, it's segmented like also the, by dress clothes. 
and then basketball clothes, and then it's regular clothes. I mean, and they're all color coordinated. And the, you I guys need see, help. You guys I gotta need see help. some comments. Uh, yeah, we're we're the guys that need help. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, we need help, obviously, but. Not Mandy, Mandy said that it was already coordinated. It was already coordinated. Okay. So she was already coordinated. So she's not on our team. Okay. Apparently. No. We probably are. Or it was already coordinated by him. Okay. So uh, thank you for listening to this. And hopefully it's gotten you thinking a little bit about uh, Lent on this yeah. Mar- Mardi Gras Eve. I hope everybody's excited about Lent. Mardi Gras Eve. Not dreading it. Yeah. It's a great. I am. I love this season. It's a great opportunity. You would. Jeremiah, you were made for this. Yes, and the and the reality is, baby steps. uh, If you're one that tries to take too big of a bite in the season of Lent, uh, in terms of the spirituality of of these three things that we're talking about, and you fail constantly with it, then look at taking a smaller bite, Um, and that's important. And then the secondary thing that I always say, and I'll say through the season of Lent as well, is if you fail within the first whatever, that's no reason to stop. Uh, failure is not a reason to stop. It's never a reason. I mean, obviously, that's the spiritual journey is filled with failure, uh, and so these forty days of Lent, even if it, even if there's failure, don't let yourself off the hook just because of failure. Um, I think re reaffirm yourself to whatever it is that you have dedicated yourself to. Yeah, you've never failed until you've quit trying. Never failed until you quit trying. Yeah, okay. once you quit trying, then you've actually failed. But if you just continue to try and try and try and try then you haven't actually failed yet. It's pretty age-old advice. It's not new. Quit trying. Right. So as long as you're still trying, you haven't failed yet. No, you fail a lot of times. You just... No, you keep still trying. You're still trying. So would you say somebody who gets in a car accident and is like <laughs> oh, paralyzed no. or something, that that's not a failure? Like, Well, that's not a failure, period. There's a car accident. There's lots of failure. Well, I'm saying it's their <laughs> fault. Not like they, they were whatever. Oh, they, let's, looking let's at their fault. They were looking at their <laughs> And they got into a car accident. Oh, my I God. feel like that's a failure. You should be able to get back up and try again, but uh, that was not a good idea to do that. To text and crash? Cody's like, i got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 okay. okay, why don't you pray for us? Let's do that. Uh, we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we pray, Lord, send your Spirit upon us as we enter into this season of Lent, and to everyone that is listening to these words, that we may truly be inspired to be transformed by your Spirit. We glorify you as we pray. Glory be to the Father, and, and to, to the, the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. See you next time. Ooh, we gotta get, dude. I don't know why we didn't get any. I guess it's the middle of the business day. Yeah. We gotta get. Well, some of it is they get notifications from my YouTube because they're subscribers. We gotta get them subscribed over to yours. Uh, so, yeah, but face people should see it on Facebook. Well, probably. It's just like a Facebook Live, right? Yeah, the, the net, I mean, if you see it live, we're going live. Hey, these sound pretty good. We have to do a better job of like actually talking into them, like yours. You'll was notice. My, was I not into mine? You'll, when you go back and listen when to you it, go, when, when you you're directly your in, it's extremely clear. Uh, yeah. When you, when look you turn your head away, his it doesn't seem to matter. You just got like a projecting voice that I do seems to voice. get through no matter what. Huh? Uh, loud. My voice is shot right now. So <clears throat> too much yelling at people. What was that for?
Um, I'm just wondering if you. You're a violent guy. You are so violent. <laughs> you make me sick <laughs> with your violence. <laughs> I am sick with your violence. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet setup, I think. I'm pretty excited yeah, about no, it. Yeah, I think this is going to work out just fine. I think the sound is good. We have to figure out how to get it with your garagey bandy thing. Yeah. Did you record on this thing? Uh-huh. It's still going. 